Wellnesspreneurs, are you ready to stop side hustling and start making an income doing what you love? It's time to pull up a seat and align your third eye on the prize. Each week, we will have conversations with successful creatives in wellness, business, marketing, and more to uncover practical methods to take you from A to B. My name is Jessica Cross, and I am so excited to link arms with you and get started. Let's dive in. Hey guys, it's Jessica. Welcome back to another episode of Third Eye on the Prize. I am so excited to share with you today this amazing conversation that I had with Holly Norian. Holly is a brand identity specialist, graphic designer, and entrepreneur. Through her business, Fancy Fox, she helps therapists, coach, and wellness gurus go beyond having a business to having a brand that deeply resonates with their audience, not only generating sales, but also loyalty and trust. Holly has helped dozens of wellness entrepreneurs take their business to the next level so they can attract and retain great fit clients and spend more time lit up and doing what they love. And let's take a listen to this conversation. I think you're going to love it. Hey, Holly. Hi, Thank Jessica. you for being here. Oh, it's so good to be here with you. Yeah, me too. Me too. I've been really looking forward to chatting with you. Thanks for your time. Um, so I wanted to, um, well, first of all, I just, I just love your energy and I love what you're putting out in the world. So I thought it'd be really great for us to like hear a bit about your journey, how you got started and where you got into, you know, graphic design and branding for wellnesspreneurs. So tell me a little bit about you. It was a journey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Um, so out of college, I started working for a family owned small printing company and I grew with them. And I was, since it was small, I was the only graphic designer and I also ran the digital press. And, um, sometimes it was, it was like, okay, all hands on deck, all, you know, five of us would be in the conference room manually stuffing envelopes because, you know, the machine wasn't doing it right or something. So, so it was really fun to have that small atmosphere. And it was also a great opportunity to dip my toes in a bunch of things. And I'm a, um, I'm a don't ask permission person. So I just, started operating the cutter and cutting the business cards, you know, if the, if the production guy, you know, there were only two production guys. And so if he was busy running the, you know, analog press or doing something else, I was like, I can cut these business cards or I can run the folder or I can do this stuff. So I, so I dipped my toes in everything and I eventually started, um, supervising another employee and, um, got promoted to have the authority to be in charge of quality and check things before they went out the door and talked one-on-one -on -one with customers. Um, so got experience there. So, so I was thinking, all oh, right, I know how to wear a lot of hats. I could totally run my own business because I am so used to doing multiple things, right? <laughs> <laughs> but as it turns out, running a business is a whole other set of hats. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I was like, oh, bookkeeping and invoicing and figuring out what you want to charge and having the ability to choose your clients or have your clients choose you. It's a very different dynamic when it's not whoever walks in the door. It's a more relationship building when it's mm -hmm. your own business. So mm -hmm. it was 
Um, and actually the, the reason I started my business is because I, I moved cities um, so I could live with my husband and I decided to just leave, leave that job and took a couple months off um, to get my bearings and take a little break. And I did just a little freelance during that time. And I was like, hey, it's really nice, you know, just go to the gym whenever I want. And then doing some freelance on the side and like making a, making a little money. I'm like, I could do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then of course things turned out when you work for yourself. Um, spoiler alert, you work <laughs> a lot harder and a lot more hours, especially at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you do working for someone else but if I had known that going in I don't know <laughs> it's good to go in with a little naivete so maybe Absolutely. I should spoiler I don't know <laughs> <laughs> um and then I got started and um I just I based my my offerings in my business off of my prior experience so I offered um, definitely a print focus because that's where my expertise was. And then I was like, oh yeah, I can do wedding invitations and grad cards and stuff for businesses and logos and stuff for nonprofits and the community and like all of these buckets. And I kind of, I think it's some of my copy. I'm very, I've always been, well, no, not always. I'd say since, um, college, I've been passionate about health and wellness and being physically fit and nutrition and all the good stuff. Um, so, so I kind of wanted to tie that in like, oh, it'd be really cool to like work with health and wellness focused businesses and, and nonprofits, but I didn't stick to that. Being new, it was a lot of saying yes to anyone who would hire me and, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. um, it's good just to get started. So I'm all about saying yes a lot and often in those that first year couple of years because you don't know what you don't know i'd only had my prior experience where i didn't get to choose the clients and the work it was all put in front of me so saying yes allowed me to really expand and i was like oh turns out i really don't want to do vinyl wall graphics i don't you know but i didn't i couldn't have told you that in, until I'd done it and had the experience and a few times actually I had to, I had to <laughs> <laughs> do it a few times to realize you know this isn't really what I want to do so that's how we build that that data for ourselves and start to figure out what our niche is so in, so a lot of people are like oh you have to niche you have to niche you have to niche and yes you do but you don't have to do it right away um, and everyone's journey is different maybe you do niche right away maybe you Maybe you don't, but no pressure, new entrepreneurs. That's what I want to say. Yes, I love that. There's so much pressure in the entrepreneurial journey anyway, like figuring out what the heck you even want to do. And then just the pressure of, you know, what maybe what people think you should be doing, if that's something like from your, you know, your family or your circle, it's like, you know, there's just so much pressure. So I love that advice. It's like, yes, you should, you should be on the way to figuring out exactly who you want to serve and what you want to do, but leave, leave some space for yourself to beta some of that, like try some of those things. So you can, like you said, build the data. I love that. And don't let other people's perceptions of 
entrepreneurship or anything get in your way. Something you said triggered that thought for me. And it's more common now to be an entrepreneur, but um, back when it wasn't as common, um, you know, people, well, people are like, what are you doing? You can't make money doing that. You can't support your family, you know, all of these things. So people, right. when you tell them, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to start my own business. You might get some of other people's limiting beliefs and fears or whatever around that projected at you, but you know, you do you and you know what's best for you. And, you know, and you could, tr you know, there's no pressure. If you, if you go into entrepreneurship and after a, f a little while, whatever, one, three, five years, you're like, you know, this really isn't for me. It's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. And you're not a failure yeah. because you decide to change your mind and one day again, work for somebody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great advice. Totally agree. So tell me about Fancy Fox Designs. How did, how did this kind of come into its current fruition? Oh yes. So there was the, so there was the year of saying yes. <laughs> Everything. Yes. And in my second year, I started to say no a couple times, which was like huge, right? There's like, I need to make money and they're offering me money, but I really don't feel like it's a good fit. So, um, but sometimes you have to trust your gut and say no and trust that something that is a good fit will be around the corner. Um, and then I think year, yeah, end of year two, maybe into year three, I was starting to feel that I was done casting my net shallow and wide and I wanted to go deep with something, but this was a really hard transition for me because I love variety so much. So I'm just, I was like really torn. I was like, but I love to do everything. And like part of the fun of is doing a business card one day and a logo the next day and a workbook, you know, like, like um, it really being mixed and varied. So it, that, I think that transition maybe took longer for me than it, than it might for mm -hmm. other people because I really had to get over that hurdle of, but I like to do everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I knew it was time for, for my business to go to the next level. I needed to dive deeper and be known for something. Mm -hmm. um, and so that I, I, I think I worked for a couple years on this transition of narrowing, narrowing my buckets <laughs> until yeah. finally I narrowed it down to three and I'm like, this is good. I'm in a good place. And it's, and it's cool now that I'm here. So my buckets are brand identity and logo design, book design and self-publishing management and, and materials for coaches and speakers. Mm. So it's cool because even though I've narrowed it down, that's all I have on my website. But then if I'm working with someone and we've done our logo together and it's like, oh, you need business cards, you need a brochure, you need an opt-in design, you know, I can still do those things. They're, I'm just not marketing them in the forefront. Mm, but in mm -hmm. after starting to work with someone based on one of my main offerings, I can find out what their other needs are and then support them in any way that I can. And if, if it's something I don't do like website design, I, I can refer them to someone or email marketing or whatever. So, um, 
yeah, that was a cool revelation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to go deep, but still have the, the variety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. It's like you, you got really clear. You're like, I, I love to do all of the things, but it's like wanting to serve everybody, you know, trying to be the master of all you're the master of none. So it's, you're like, okay, I know, I know I enjoy these things. Like, let's try it. And you see that synergy with your offerings and the clients that you're attracting now that you're wanting to say the yeses to, uh, since you've gotten clear on what you want to offer. And I love that you have this, like, these are the things that are, you know, your jam, like those are the things that you offer. And then if you want, uh, you have other tools in your kit for your, your other clients that might need additional support because you have that in your, your, you know, back pockets. Like I can also help you with this which is really nice when it comes to brand cohesion. So this, like, if you're the one designing the logo and the ebook, and they also need the opt-in landing page, everything looks really nice and clean and cohesive. I love that. (laughs) I love that. Well, we talked about brand identity a couple of times, and I think that's a term that's kind of thrown around a lot. And I'm hoping that you might talk to us a little bit about what that even means. Like what is brand, what is branding? What is brand identity? Absolutely, I do. Like as soon as the internet knows you're an entrepreneur, every single ad in your Facebook and Instagram. Yes. Like, oh my gosh, it's so overwhelming. And even though I'm in the branding industry, they're like, do you need help? I'm like, no, I got this guys. But it is, it's kind of this big word. And, and I feel that new entrepreneurs are like, what, what do I do with that? What do I, what does my yeah. brain need? Yeah. So here's, here's the answer. Your business is what you do. My business is graphic design, logo design. Your business is teaching yoga, is doing sound meditation, is it's the what, it's the what you provide. And your brand is your how and your why. And that's the thing that people are really going to be attracted to or not. And that's Mm -hmm. okay too. Um, Because when you get really clear on your brand, your why and your how, there's a lot. Um, that's your first filter that's when someone comes you know glancing by and they're like oh that's not for me Mm -hmm. and that's great because then you don't even have to decide if they're for you just let them go on by they're for someone else and then someone might glance by and say tell me more and then you start to build that relationship so it's great. <laughs> yes, I love that. Um, so let's see. It's like a very approachable way to understand branding because it is. It's like, as you said, every Facebook app, when you, you're deciding to start a business or maybe you're already in business, they really want to serve that up to you. And you're like, oh, okay, but what, what does that really mean? And I love the way that you explain brand identity. And so there's, there's two parts, especially in the work I do. So there's your brand identity, which is the, the intangible, the abstract, the, the who you serve, why you do what you do, and your special sauce. 
you know, what's so great about working with you, how, how you work. And then there's your visual brand. So everything that, that faces your audience, every piece of marketing, every, even things while working with clients. So marketing to get clients and things you um, Mm -hmm. would show current clients, everything from your invoice to your workbook, to your social media is all your visual brand, which should be a clear representation of your brand brand your mm-hmm. that intangible and if there's misalignment there that's jarring and confusing for people mm-hmm. it shows that you don't really know who you are so so everything about your brand is said in your visual brand so is your visual brand saying what you want it to and so when you have a clear brand you know who you are and then your visual brand is aligned and cohesive and goes right along with that, people start, they, they feel trust. And especially if they're like, yes, I love what, you're, love what you're about. It not only builds trust, but it builds loyalty and raving fans. People want to give you money and refer you to people. And, and <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's when you're really <laughs> yes. making it. But if it's jarring for people, or if you're like one of the common mistakes I see is um, people in the, so if you're in the DIY phase and you're using um, Canva for for everything and you don't have your visual Mm -hmm. brand figured out, then you usually go on Canva and you find whatever template with whatever fonts look pretty that day. And you might slap your logo on it or a you know, thing or whatever. But then when you look at your feed, it's not really branded to you. Mm-hmm. It's branded to Canva mm-hmm. because everything is different. And it's just, oh, here's some flowers and here's you know, this graphic and here's this thing. And all the colors are different and all the fonts are different. And that shows a lack of identity, which then says, oh, you don't know who you are. And people aren't going to trust someone who doesn't know mm-hmm. who they are and what they stand for. So that's why your visuals are so <laughs> tied mm-hmm. to what people perceive about you and how you show up in your business. So like, you know, if your say workbook doesn't look the best or whatever, and you're handing it out to or your business card or whatever, and you're handing it out to people and you're not really that confident about it when you're handing it out. Mm. But if you're like, yeah, I totally know who I serve and who I want to attract and this is what I'm about. And you're, you're so much confident in your brand when you know what you're about really and who you're want to serve. And that also takes away any feeling of competition Mm-hmm. So when, when I niched and, and got my brand identity solidified, I've never met another competitor. Yeah, I've met other graphic designers, but I haven't met a competitor because I know that there's no one else out there who does what I do for who I do it the way that I do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if somebody feels drawn to working with me, awesome. 
And if they don't, that's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That leaves space for the people that are supposed to find you. And you have that, that energetic exchange uh, when, when other people say no, rather, it leaves space for you to meet the right client, the right energetic exchange and partnership. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So ugh, I think we could talk forever about branding. <laughs> like it's so, it's so fascinating and it's, it's a, it's, it's, it really is a shift when you feel a, a sense of confidence in the message that you're, your, your message, the message that you want to convey to other people, you know, visually. And as you said, even physically, when you're handing off that business card or you're sending the workbook for your client that week, when everything feels aligned with who you are and what you offer you just feel better it's like go into your closet in your mind for a second and go through your hangers and find that outfit that when you wear it you're just like yeah you're rocking it and that's how you feel when you solidify your brand and you go out into the world and you're confident and you know who you are and what you stand for and what you're looking for. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that's a, that's an amazing like visualization. I think we can all align with that. You're wearing, you're wearing that outfit. You're feeling good. That's the same thing that it is when you have that really nice cohesive brand. Nice. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Oh, so good. It's so good. I, know. I just want to go into my closet and put on. I know. I know. I, I, I immediately went there. And I didn't even judge about the fact that I probably need to pick up some of those hangers, but I went right to that outfit that I wanted to wear. So that was a good one. <laughs> so I've heard you talk a little bit about the golden circle premise, and I'm hoping that you can tell us a little bit more about it because I'm, I'm super interested. Yeah. So Simon Sinek um, created the golden circle and it it's tied directly to brand identity. And that's where I get a lot of my inspiration from for the process that I've built out. And so imagine like a bullseye, a target, and in the center is why. And in the second ring is how. And in the biggest ring is what. Most companies start with what, and they might not even go beyond that point. We sell computers. Want to buy one? And Simon Sinek, he, he, he does, and I, it's so easy to use Apple, and now I've already mentioned computers, so I have to. <laughs> go for it. So he uses an Apple example. Um, Apple is so good about starting with why, and they have those raving loyal fans you either love apple or or you don't right <laughs> they right. Charge a very specific type of person in all of their ads and everything their marketing is so cohesive and they start with why so in their messaging they say we think differently we challenge the status quo just because something has been done this way for a long time doesn't mean that's the way it has to continue to be done we also believe in simple design and user-friendly devices. We also happen to sell computers. Want to buy one? <laughs> it draws you in from the beginning. 
And when you start with that why, it's not a lot of, I feel a lot of entrepreneurs are like, oh, I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to be skeezy. But when you start with that why and what's special about you and your how and who you help, people are either going to be drawn to you from there and then they want to learn more. Oh, what do you sell? What can I pay you to do? I'm so (laughs) into what you're about. What do you do? Versus, you know, I'm a graphic designer and I do logos. And do you want to hire me? I love that. So yeah, it can completely change your approach when you're talking to people on your website, on your marketing pieces, starting with why first and starting to build that relationship. And again, that kind of first filter, are people drawn into what you're saying or are they not? Mm. That's how you're going to find your people. Mm. I love that. You know, when we move from our why, our purpose, where we get clear and that clarity and our energy is just, it's a it's broadcasted out to others. And I love that premise. Thank you for sharing that. And I love the, the Apple example too. Like, <laughs> they're the perfect, they're always like a, a perfect example. I love that. <laughs> so I work, uh, I work in events and, um, I also, you know, I'm a yoga teacher and a meditation teacher and I do retreats and workshops. And, um, I know that you have this, this, this physical graphic design, um, like collateral and, uh, physical elements that, you know, like those are like really nice take-home elements. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how branding can add value to your workshops, your retreats, your events, that kind of thing. Absolutely. I'll use um, the example of in-person events just to be as as broad as possible. But of course, a lot of these concepts can apply to virtual events. But a virtual event hosted by Jessica Cross, (laughs) you want participants to walk into the room and see your stand-up banners or your graphics or your custom PowerPoint theme waiting to be, you know, pressed play. All of the visuals should say Jessica Cross. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so everything should just start to feel cohesive at that point. And then say you are having people journal or during the event, you have a journaling portion instead of going to Amazon or Walmart and buying some pretty journals and some pretty pens, it is so much more powerful if you brand those journals to yourself, work with a professional and have journals printed with your branding and work with a promotions person and have your logo printed on those pens. And maybe there's something especially goofy about their pens that really ties into your brand. I have a client who has like curly hair and loves purple. So the pens she bought have like crazy uh, <laughs> on the top with crazy hair and it's purple. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that. Aligned. And yeah, especially these pieces like journals, workbooks, um, other, other takeaways that, that participants are going to come back to and use over and over 
have them be branded to you because they're going to see that and be reminded every time they use it. Um, and uh, like you, you were talking about in our, in a previous conversation, purposeful swag. So um, if you're giving away maybe things you don't use during the workshop, but, but, you know, participants get swag bags, uh, be conscious of what you're, what you're putting in those. Mm. Um, like maybe you have sponsors and people can, you know, pay to get their stuff in the bag or something, which is great for raising money for your event and, and helping offset some costs. But think about, do those sponsors align with your message? If you are a yoga instructor, you probably don't want ads for car dealerships in your swag bag, but maybe someone who does sound healing or uh, things that think that things that align with your business and your message. Um, and again, takeaway items that people are going to use long-term and really enjoy. And then every time they use them, they're going to think of you, even if it's a chapstick. I love a good chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. Oh, I'm it's a good one. Like really. <laughs> and nice you got the logo on the side. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> yes. I think, um, I, I love everything that you just said about, you know, the, the power in branding intentional pieces, physical pieces, even virtual pieces for your event and how that cohesion can just be carried all the way through from the event invite all the way to the journal, the, the cool pen with the crazy hair, the chapstick, um, you know, and it, it is, it is nice, as you said, to have a sponsor come in, but you really, like you said, want to be very clear and intentional with the type of people that you, or type of brands rather, that you're bringing in to support your event. Because um, like you said, I don't want a car dealership <laughs> promoting to me while I'm at a retreat that that those two don't quite align, but, you know, perhaps I could sponsor my own event by, you know, using some of those marketing dollars to create the journals and that goes into the swag bag. You know, you can sponsor your own events. It's not that you please go out and find sponsors too, but you can be, you can sponsor your event through these materials and just, it just adds so much value and intention to you know, what people are bringing home with them. I love that. And that builds trust yet another thing that builds trust having things in event in an event be aligned with the host and again yeah not those not those car dealership ads. <laughs> when and it's like this yeah this energy of like oh you get me you know and it's just like a kind of a getting of of each other and that that's going to build that loyal relationship yeah absolutely and, and often I find it anyway in my business that I I have, you know, I have my client avatar. I have, I have the person that I'm, I'm reaching, but often a lot of those qualities are myself. So mm -hmm. if I'm, if I'm unsure, I could say, okay, Jess, would you like to have the car dealership? <laughs> and poor college car dealerships. They're just really I getting know. the run. <laughs> 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 Sorry about that guys. Uh, but uh, you know, you know, do I, do I want the, um, the subway $5 foot long, 
commercial or, you know, a piece of collateral in my bag? Probably not. But, you know, if there's a, a really lovely tea blend that I want to, you know, 20% off, yes, please, please put that in the bag. So I think if you're un unsure, you can really just check in to say, like, do I like this? Would it feel nice if I were the attendee receiving this piece of swag? Yes or no? And that's a very clear indication on if that's a good choice. And um, I find that a lot of like entrepreneurs support other entrepreneurs, right? So yeah, so instead of that subway footlong coupon, who in your community or network does is 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 an entrepreneur who may you know makes delicious food that people can order and pick up or, you know, support yes. those wonderful humans. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I want to, I love what you just said about that because the entrepreneurship community is so supportive and collaborative and, you know, almost every time I reach out to talk to somebody like you, they say yes. They always say yes. And it, I'm always, I don't know why taken aback, but it's, everyone wants to help everybody because we've, we, when we rise, we rise together. We're, we're going together. So bring those people into your event, have that conversation because they're going to say yes. So I love that. Oh, okay. So in your journey, because I, I know a lot of us that are listening are, you know, it, it, you know, probably in the early stages of their journey, or perhaps they're pivoting into something new, a new segment of their business. Um, so if you could go back in time, what would be a piece of advice or two that you would give yourself as you're starting or pivoting into a new segment of your business? Well, I have three. Okay. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I'm so passionate about, like one of my main whys for my business is entrepreneurship is hard. Guys, it's hard, <laughs> but it's also super fulfilling. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, but because that's one of my core beliefs and in my, in my why I do what I do is um, I'm, I'm constantly trying to support on other entrepreneurs, especially if you're getting started or if you've been in it a while. So, so I constantly collect advice <laughs> that I want to give you to make your lives easier because ultimately you started your business because you're really good at doing something. And then there are these other hats that you have to wear until you reach the point where you can start to hire professionals and get rid of, delegate some of those hats. So a few things I learned later <laughs> in my business journey that would have been helpful from the start are these. The first is email organization. So I, first, you know, bought my domain. When you, whenever you do that, you get the option to add on like an email. So whatever name you want at your domain. And I was, and it's usually two to $5 a month. And I was just like, well, I don't need to do that right now. I was like, I'm not going to spend $5 a month when I don't even have clients yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Makes sense. So I, just, I just used a Gmail account, like my name at gmail.com. And then after a little while, I think just a few months I was like, oh, I don't want to use my name. I want to use my business name. So then I did like my business name at gmail.com, which is also common for starters since gmails are free. And then I was transitioning. It's always hard to transition, right? So then I transitioned 
the few clients I had from that, my name email to my business name email. And I did that pretty successfully because there weren't that many. So it wasn't too bad. But then when I, like year three, year four, when I was like, okay, I'm ready to be taken seriously as a business. I want to look and feel legit. I want to serve a certain person. I want to be known for something. I'm at that transition point. And then I was like, I need a serious email address. I need it to be my name at fancyfoxdesign.com. And I'm like, crap, there's no, I didn't even attempt to transition <laughs> the one. So I just have these two buckets. Like it's almost like BC and is it AD? <laughs> so I, before I was like made that transition point email and then my after. <laughs> so here's what I would suggest. If you're starting to save this headache, have one well, you can have, so have one personal email account that you use for your personal subscriptions and emailing your family and all that good jazz. And then have like a business Gmail account that's not for clients. It's not for, it's for when you're registering for an event and you have to put in your email or you want to subscribe to Jessica's newsletter. Yes. <laughs> or anyone's newsletter. And it goes in this account, which you can, you can let stuff build up and you can get back to it later and you know you're not going to miss anything terribly important. And then have your client business email with your domain name. That is, that says I'm serious. So even if you're not to the point yet <laughs> where you're feeling like a legit entrepreneur, it's so hard to change over later just pay that two to five dollars at the beginning. I wish I would have paid the two to five dollars. <laughs> it's great advice. And then just have, and then I know every email that comes into that box is from a client or it's my scheduling app, um, you know, telling me that I have a new schedule on the books or it's PayPal saying that someone has paid me. So there's <laughs> even better. Yeah. I love that email account. <laughs> and then, so that was one thing. And then, um, Speaking of my scheduling app, that's another. So when I first started my business, I'm, I'm meeting a bunch of people. I'm networking like crazy. I'm setting up all of these coffee dates. Um, and now, you know, they're pretty much all, all over Zoom now. But we're slowly, I'm slowly making it back out into the world. Sure. Um, but having an app, I use Calendly. It's not the only one out there. Um, but I really like it. And it's like eight or ten dollars a month for the version I use, which um, integrates with Zoom. There is also a free version, but it doesn't integrate with Zoom. Um, so then, instead of doing the, oh, what days of the week are good for you? What do you have available this week? Oh, I can do these days. Okay, what time? I have these days available. Okay, where do you want to meet? Ugh. So many back and forth emails, and this is just like, oh, hey, you want to meet? Here's the link to my scheduling app pick out a date and time that works for you. Cause if it's on there, then it works for me because I, yes. I set all of the <laughs> protocols up front, how long the meeting is, where it is virtual in person, whatever. And it's so, <laughs> so nice. So much easier. Yes. And then the third thing is about finances. Mm. So a little, so, so I, you know, like, I think most people realize when they start a business, they should open up a business checking account so they can have stuff separate from their personal for taxes and all that good stuff. But even though I did that, 
I didn't know how much I could spend for myself um, mm. out of the money I was taking in because then tax season would hit or just like the credit card bill and, and expenses would be due. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really didn't know how much I could spend in my own business. And then I listened to the audiobook. I mean, it's, it's, you can also read it, but I highly recommend listening to it because it's finances. <laughs> yes. I'm the so same. Profit, profit first by oh, Mike Michalowicz. Such a good one. Oh yeah. my gosh. And I do, I recommend listening to it because he's a very charismatic speaker too. So it's not dry and boring. He tells stories. He has a million examples in there and it sounds a little crazy, but it's amazing that you end up with five bank accounts in this system, but it has complete, I know, oh, it has completely transformed my, my finances. I can open up my banking app and I know exactly how much is in my expense account and my taxes. So what it is, is once or twice a month, depending on what works for you in your systems and I, be, I actually base it on when my credit card bills are due. Do I need that's to great? <laughs> yeah, that's smart. That's smart. Pay your bills. <laughs> so there's in um, there's an income account. So everything everything you get paid in your business, whether it's by check or by PayPal or by Venmo or whatever, make sure it all ends up in that income account. And then on your allocation day you put certain percentages based on your business. You figure these out in the profit first system, Mm -hmm. put so much every month or twice a month into your taxes account. So you are preparing for your quarterly estimated payments and final tax season and sales tax. If if your business Mm -hmm. that charges sales tax, it all goes into that account and you're allocated into an expenses account and you're allocating into a profit account um, where you can put, even just one percent is totally fine, but you're mm. but you're putting into that account, and then it's kind of like putting money into the market where you are the shareholder in your business, and then at the end of every quarter you get dividends from your business. So in the profit first system, at the end of every quarter you get to uh, distribute your your dividends. So you can take fifty percent out of that profit account and go play with it. Um, uh. That profit account is is great. It's helped me multiple times when I've been in a financial pinch and it was like, oh crap, something came up, COVID, whatever, you know, this month, whatever. I can use what's in that profit account to help cover um, unexpected bills or slow revenue times. So that's actually saved my butt a couple of times or an unexpected tax thing or whatever. And then the other account is your personal account. You get to pay yourself so out of your income bucket, you pay yourself a certain percentage and you know that that money is yours and you can go spend it on whatever you want. So that was it in a nutshell, but highly, highly recommend <laughs> listening to the whole book uh, to get a full feel for the system. He also talks about using the system to get out of debt and, and different aspects of it. And it was just, it was kind of a pain to set up because, um, Many banks are like, gonna be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and some charge for 
business checking accounts, but some don't. So my hometown, small hometown bank, I still bank with them because I shopped, I shopped around a little bit in the city I live now. And I just got all those like funny looks and like, what are you doing? And they, you know, they wanted a minimum of $500 in the account. Otherwise they would charge you mm-hmm. money. And I was like, what the heck? So I, I stuck with my small town bank. They didn't blink an eye. I went in and I said, I wanted to create five accounts and they were like, okay, no problem. Awesome. <laughs> I so love that. that. That can be just warning. That can be the biggest hurdle because you might get mm. some funny looks, but press on because as soon as it's set up, you will see the magic. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Wow. So the, there's so many like nuggets from everything that you just shared. Thank you. Those are, <laughs> those are like huge, 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 huge time-saving things that can really, really help. I love that you talked about the profit first system because I've, I have the book and I have started to read it. I have not actually implemented anything because the same thing I was like, oh my gosh, five accounts. Like, that sounds crazy, you know? <laughs> and so I'm going to take your advice and I'm going to download the audiobook so I can actually get, you know, on my walks or runs or whatever and, and get myself through it. And I'm excited to hear, I've heard him speak a little bit on some podcasts and uh, he's got, he does have a fun conversational tone. So um, I'm going to dive into that myself. So thank you. And I, I suck at everything you just said. Like it's, these are like some things that can really, really help you on the back end where you look back and you're like, man, I wish I would have just gotten an email account. Like now I have, like, I've been through that myself. Like I totally know what you mean. <laughs> it's so much to juggle when you're like, I should have just paid the five bucks. Like it's like, would have saved me so much time, you know? So that's amazing. It's hard. Even when something is just five or $10 a month, when you're just starting, it feels like a lot. Yeah. Um, But think about the headache that it will save you and just weigh, you know, your things. And of course, anything you expense through your business is, you know, a Mm -hmm. deductible expense. So Yeah, absolutely. And it's to your point, like anything that can save you time and long run, like your scheduler or, you know, this, this setup with your email systems or, and definitely once you get yourself set up in the profits first system, like all of these things will become second nature and you, you feel, you kind of weigh the two. It's like, I could spend this amount of time scheduling and going back and forth with every single person I want to talk to, or I could just pay the five bucks and it will schedule on zoom. It'll send it to them and it will be on my calendar and it will happen. Like I just, I, yeah, I'm, uh, those are great tips. Great, great tips. Processes and systems. That's what you start. And you, you start to hear those words a lot. The longer in your, you're in a, your entrepreneurial journey, the more you'll hear processes and systems processes. And it's true. You're like, it's wait, true. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, the bigger you grow, and it's not a big deal when you have, yeah, more time on your hands. It's not a huge deal to send five emails back and forth or, or whatever, but then the, the more you're in your business and working with clients, then the more that becomes a headache. And you want to spend more time doing what you love to do. And then the more your business grows, the more automation and things you can figure out, um, because there, there will always be the next process and system that will come along too. For sure. You have headache. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. That's great advice. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about where we can find you and what you, what you're offering. Yeah. So I facilitate 
virtual brand identity workshops about every quarter. It's a great affordable way just to dip your foot in the water of brand identity and solidifying your brand. Um, and dates, future dates, and more information about that are on my website, fancyfoxdesign.com. Cool. And then we can follow you on uh, Instagram as well. Yes, you can. At the Fancy Fox Lady has a pretty good mix of my life. <laughs> so you're a human and too. And, <laughs> and, and, and then a little bit of motivational stuff and, and featured um, client work and kind of a good mix. So if you're into dogs and being on the water and <laughs> branding <laughs> at the fancy fox lady <laughs> on Instagram. That's perfect. I love that. So you're also a branding guru and you have a real life. You're a human too. That's, that's a nice mix. I'm, I'm glad we could just see both sides. So <laughs> Well, this was amazing. I am just so grateful for your time and all of the amazing information and nuggets that you shared with us today. They're just so exciting. And I, I just can't wait to share this with everybody. So thank you so much. So excited. Congratulations on launching your podcast. Uh, you're doing such great things in the world for wellnesspreneurs and people making that jump. It's a big jump, but it's good, friends. It's good. <laughs> We're gonna do it together. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, if you if you have that lifelong learner attitude, then you can do this. Yeah. Um, I'm constantly learning every day. <laughs> so if you're not into that, <laughs> not for you. <laughs> maybe, maybe reconsider. <laughs> but yeah, that. Yeah. If you think you already know everything, <laughs> you don't want to know anything more. No. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, that lifelong learner attitude will get you very far. <laughs> love that. I love that. That's all we can really hope for. Why, why else are we here? Thanks for listening to Third Eye on the Prize. Got an idea or something to share with Jessica? DM her on Instagram at, at jessicacross.co and let her know what's on your mind. We're so grateful for your support, especially as a small woman-led business. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.